0: To the Seeing Red Podcast.
1: That's right, that's right. We are back with another edition of the Seeing Red Podcast. My name is Troy Moriello and I am your host, bringing you up to date and up to speed on all things St. John's basketball. We are back for the first time in a little over three months, actually. We took a nice little summer vacation, um, but we're back now. Not in a regular full swing, not in a once a week type swing, but we'll we'll definitely be doing regular episodes now until the season starts, and then we'll be back to our uh, our once a week thing. I hope everyone enjoyed their summer. Um, I know I did it as well, even though it still feels like summer outside. But um, you know we're into the grind now. We're only I think about three or four weeks, or four weeks away, or five weeks away from uh, college basketball starting. So really looking forward to uh, season two. This is like season two, episode one of uh, of the Seeing Red podcast, and we have a great guest for episode number one and it's d'angelo harrison st john's basketball legend third leading all-time scorer in uh in st john's basketball history playing overseas in france right now uh he's the man you know six hour time difference we still were able to uh to hook up and and do a really cool interview about 20 minutes uh d'angelo talks about playing overseas uh his time at st john's you know the current team as well coach anderson really gets into all of it and uh, he's the man and i know st john's fans love him and uh and i'm 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 excited to uh, to get to that as well because it was a really good interview, so we'll get to that in a second. First, I want to just kind of recap what has gone down in uh, in St. John's basketball in the three months that we've been gone, or at least hit on the, uh, the couple of highlights, or really the two big highlights, and that's uh, Coach Anderson and his staff hitting the recruiting trail hard and so far, hitting two home runs, I think most people would say, in the last month. Uh, first, about a month ago, landing Brooklyn guard uh, Posh Alexander. Really a consensus, I would say, four-star recruit. And then recently, just, uh, just over this weekend, landing Juco All-American Vince Cole. Um, you know, as we said, really a, a talented scorer. Well, I, I, as I've said before, I don't know a whole lot about the recruiting. I'm not uh, an expert on that. We have experts that I'll talk to on recruiting, but I don't know a whole lot about it. But so far, it certainly seems like this this 2020 class is starting to take shape, and it's certainly got a good foundation with Posh Alexander and with Vince Cole. Uh, just last night, St. John's got into uh, Andre Corbello's final five I believe and if I'm not mistaken Corbello is a little bit more of a pass first point guard uh, whereas Alexander might be a little bit more of a combo guard and I think Cole's a little bit more of a scorer so frankly I would love to see Corbello come here I saw some people saying that you know getting posh Alexander may hurt our chances at, uh, at landing uh, Corbello as well but that's another local kid that you know St. John's is in the running for and I would love to see that that trio and then you know we we, we see a about a big man um, I think um, was it Cliff Omaroy was one of the uh, the big men that St. John's is recruiting not sure how that one's going but you know I, I think if you can land well you've already landed Alexander and Vince Cole you'll see about uh, Corbello. Nate Tabor, we still have to wait on his, his possible recommitment, but that certainly seems like it's in the works. And then landing one big man, and you know, depending on how many roster spots are open uh, for next year, it looks like it'll probably be three or four, maybe even five, depending on if someone else transfers. But you know, depending on the roster spots, that's a really solid recruiting class of, of four or five guys, if, if you can land all of them. And so far, there's no reason not to think that Anderson and his staff can't do do that. You know, they, they've been working hard. How many times have you seen them, you know, in local gyms or at these, you know, camps or at these tournaments, AAU tournaments, you know, you know, scouting guys, it, it seems like they are everywhere every single day. And, you know, not to not to bash on Mullen and his staff, but that was one of the big complaints was it was what what is going on with the, Recruiting. You know, he was one guy doing the recruiting, and it was, you know, every once in a while he'd pop up somewhere. Nowadays, it seems like this entire staff is out recruiting, talking to kids, you know, playing, uh, going to local uh, schools, which was another big complaint about Mullen. You know, so far, I, I think that you can't fault uh coach anderson for anything that he's done in the recruiting cycle but we'll see now you know as now we get into the later uh stages of the 2020 class how this class continues to shape up and really how he how he uh, puts the finishing touches on this class but a really 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 good start for coach anderson and i think that you know it's a chance for him to build on this class now you know One thing that Mike Anderson has going for him coming into this job, yeah, he has not established any sort of a culture at St. John's, but in his previous stops at Missouri and Arkansas, he had that culture, you know, that gritty team, that team that's going to play – uh, the 40 minutes of hell. That's gonna play fast. That's gonna play hard. That's gonna you know gonna, you know challenge their opponents and, and not back down. That's kind of a culture that Mike Anderson has sort of cultivated in his in his two previous stops at Missouri and at Arkansas. So yeah, he doesn't really have that sort of a culture here at St. John's yet. But as a coach, you kind of know what style he plays. And I think that that's huge for recruits. You know, you know these kids like Posh Alexander or uh, or Vince Cole or even Mustafa Heron and L. J. Figueroa, two guys that we weren't so sure after Chris Mullin's departure if they were going to come back. But then Mike Anderson comes in with an established system, especially L. J. That L. J. knows I can run and I can I can you know I can play this hard and fast defense that I like to play. And and then I think that's a big reason why L. J. Figueroa came back. You know, you look at the other possible candidates. You know, if, if, if someone like Porter Moser would have come, come to coach St. John's, I don't know if LJ Figueroa is back. And I don't know if Mustafa Heron is back because he doesn't really have that, that culture. You know, Mike Anderson has that culture. And I think that that's big for recruits. You know, you see these five-star recruits, and St. John's isn't going to land any five-star recruits, at least not, you know, nationally anytime soon, but these five-star recruits going to Kentucky, going to Duke, going to Kansas, well, going to Kansas, they're probably getting paid, as we've seen in in the last couple of weeks, but, um, you know, going to Kentucky or going to Duke, those schools have that culture, and I think that these players almost pick those schools mainly because they already know what they're getting into. You know, these players know, all right, if I go to Duke, I know I'm playing under Coach K, this is the style of play that I'm going to going to play this is what the fans are going to be like this is you know etc how this coach likes to run his program i can already see it because he's been doing it for so long i think mike anderson kind of has that he has that culture in place now he needs to put it in at st john's and that's something that you know i don't think chris mullen and his staff ever really had was a culture of a style of play of a style of coaching day to day and in game mullen didn't really have that because he was a first year head coach so it just made it tougher for him to uh, to recruit. And I think that that's a big thing that Mike Anderson has and a big advantage that Mike Anderson has, especially recruiting all over that uh, Chris Mullen and his staff just simply didn't have. But certainly a good start for the 2020 class with these two recruits in the last month. And now we'll see where these other guys go. We'll see where Nate Tabor goes. We'll see where curbello goes. We'll see how uh, how scholarships continue to open up. But we'll see how it goes over the last next uh, couple of weeks and months as we kind of await uh, the, 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 season to, the actual season to start. Uh, Mike Anderson's first season but we'll see how the recruiting continues to go but yeah uh, that's just some quick thoughts on that let's get to the interview now we're going to talk with D'Angelo Harrison and you know you can't say enough nice things about D'Angelo he is really really the man and I really really appreciate him doing this uh, coming on six hour time difference coming on and, uh, and and giving me about 20 minutes of his time I really really appreciate it so let's get to the interview right now St. John's third all time leading scorer D'Angelo Harrison hope you guys enjoy offensive port saved by I'm now joined by St. John's basketball legend, probably one of the one of the best players uh, that St. John's has had come through since uh, since the start of this century. It's it's D'Angelo Harrison, the third leading scorer in St. John's basketball history, the St. John's uh, all-time leader in three-point field goals made. Uh, currently playing with Essm Le Portel in the French top league. Uh, D'Angelo, thank you so much for coming on and joining me here.
2: Hey, anything I can. Could- and anything
1: I can do, always. So you're playing over in France now, D'Angelo. Uh, you just recently signed there. Uh, you just started your first season, I think I saw as well. How, how's the uh, like the training camp, the preseason, and now the early season? How's that been going for you? Uh, so far so good. Uh,
2: the the season actually started a lot earlier than I expected. We actually already played our first game, but uh, so everything's been everything's uh been perfect so far.
1: I have no complaints being here in France. It's my first time playing in France, so mm-hmm. I can't complain. Is it tough for you, you know, going to France and you've played in a couple other countries, we'll get to that in a second, is it tough for you to, to make those type of cultural adjustments? I, I always wonder like, like you know, getting used to the culture, getting used to even the language, the food even, is it tough for you to kind of, to kind of get through that or do you kind of adapt rather quickly? I
2: mean, Ever since college, I've like slowed down my life a lot to where I'm really, I really be in the house. I'm really like a granddad now. So, mm-hmm. I mean, as long as I got good Wi-Fi and uh, I'm able to communicate with my brother and, you know, my family, mm-hmm. uh, and I can communicate with the coach, everything's usually just solid. Uh, but I don't ask for much. I'll be at the house most of the days. and uh, But people have to adjust to me. That's, that's one thing I, I got. I got, uh, I had to really realize this year. People have to be used to me. Mind you,
0: I have tattoos from head to toe. <laughs> so, some of, when I was playing in some of these other countries, they're, you know, really religious. Oh, a lot yeah. of women cover up, you know, things like this. And I'm walking around with my toes out, muscle shirt, headphones, <laughs> as a, you
2: know, at being D'Angelo and people. People are not, you know, haven't adjusted to me, especially in the city that uh, city got played in. So, uh, really, more of the city adjusted to me, knowing I'm going to be here for years.
1: Really, 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 uh. Really important That's funny, yeah. You, 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 so you stick out a little bit, is what you're saying, walk walking around. <laughs> I stick out crazy. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you've so you started your career back in, in Turkey. You've been in Russia. You've been in Israel. Uh, what's your favorite part about about playing overseas? I mean, obviously the the obvious answer is getting to, to see the globe. But you know, besides that, what, what do you really enjoy about playing overseas? I mean, some of the people you some of the people you get to
2: meet, some of the fans. Uh, Israel by far was, for a, a, a family culture standpoint, that team uh, Gilboa Galil was really like a family to me.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, they, I had people offering cooking, cooking me food, dropping <laughs> it off at the house. <laughs> but they really,
2: they really cared about my brother. Even if they didn't know him. I don't know. They, they showed. I, I have it on my Instagram. They put like this. Big old sign, huge sign that said "Free Dre" on it, and oh. I literally probably had the worst game in Israel. But that because <laughs> <meant a> <laughs> I was emotional. Sure, but uh, just you just gotta learn how. You, hey man, it's it's not always easy, but playing overseas is definitely different. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to be built for it. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I just you just gotta you gotta get. You know, I'm adjusted now. I'm used to it, so
1: mm mm-hmm. You because you've been doing it for a while now, right? So you kind of you're kind of used to it where wherever you are, right? It doesn't really matter. You're kind of used to adapting. I find
2: I find two or three restaurants that I like. <laughs> I come out throughout the week
1: cook
2: and have a routine. I'm
1: a routine guy. I have to have a routine every day. Okay, gotcha. Um. So so you've been playing over overseas for the last four years now, roughly since you since you graduated from St. John's. Uh, for your career now, what's the ultimate goal for you? You're still relatively young in your career. Um, could you ever see yourself coming back to the states to play, or do you want to kind of contrib- continue uh, traveling overseas? You know, or are you just gonna kind of go where wherever uh, wherever they'll take you? Like, what's your what's your plan for your career?
2: Honestly, uh, selfishly, I try to make I try to make the most money every year me and my family so mm-hmm. if that play means playing in the NBA and I have an opportunity for sure go after if I have an opportunity to go play in Pakistan for sure I'm going
0: to go do it if I have, mm-hmm. if I have to play in somebody's backyard for the right amount of money I'm probably going to do it just because I love ball mm-hmm. and then I can take care of my family
2: too so mm-hmm. I think combination of location money and like the, the people around you know I am I try to I try to you know, not be too you know, biased and things like that not yeah. picky but mm-hmm. but I just you know open ears. But I'm gonna try to I'm gonna try to give the NBA one more chance. I don't know if it's gonna be this summer next summer, but
1: I'm gonna have to give it one more chance. Really? Cool. Okay. We'll be on the lookout for that man. Um you know can can you kind of relate to these guys? You mentioned about the about the money. Uh you know the money in the G League, it's getting better now, but it's not the best. Can you kind of relate to these guys now who, who say, I'd rather just go overseas, make a, a ton more money playing overseas than playing in the, in the G League? Can you kind of relate to that? Because you're obviously good enough to be playing yeah. in the G League. You can relate to that, right? So, I had a chance. To, I think I had a chance to make uh, just a training camp when
2: I, when I first came out when I was with the Rockets. Mm-hmm. A team in Turkey offered me a six-figure deal and as, a, as, a, as a 21-year-old. And not knowing my future with the Rockets, maybe I could have made it, maybe... I could have did this maybe maybe maybe. Mm-hmm. I had a guaranteed contract in front of my face saying, "Hey man, we want you to come here and do this, this, and this. Mm-hmm. Do you want to accept this amount? You know this number of you know the money." Mm-hmm. And I looked at, it, I was like, "Man, I'm being realistic, man. I'm I'm a six, what six two, six three <laughs> shooting guard.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I don't think the Rockets need a shooting guard."
0: <laughs> <So> <laughs>
2: I thought about it, and you know, I've been overseas ever since.
0: Mm-hmm. So yeah,
2: um, I, I definitely uh, see why people do it. Um, you get to put some money in your pocket, and you get to you know showcase your skills.
1: Like G League is great. Don't 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 you know G League is great. Yeah. Uh-huh. But the the some of the some of
2: these teams overseas are you know Real Madrid, Barcelona. Some of these some of these teams I play or played against, it's crazy to see how much talent is on that roster. And why why these guys choose to be over here rather than be in the NBA too, so... Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Uh, so,
2: I mean, it's it just depends on you, you and your situation. You can't exactly. really go wrong with it, obviously.
1: Exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's talk a little bit now about, about your time at St. John's, if, if you don't mind. Um, you spent four years here, obviously. W- when you look back at your time at St. John's now, basically four years ago, w- what do you remember the most? Like, What's the one memory that maybe maybe sticks out to you the most? Are they mostly positive memories, or do you have any kind of regrets on how maybe it ended, or, or anything like that, or is it mostly positive?
2: Honestly, I mean, without the, the three years that Well, the four years I was there, but the first three years, it was probably some of the toughest years, just Mm -hmm. just because
0: of the grind and the grind and the team, class, suspension, Mm -hmm. people Mm
2: -hmm. leaving, people getting trouble, Mm -hmm. all that to build up to the senior year when we finally put it together Mm -hmm. and launched the game and made a run. So. It's like a little, it's like a like a love story, you know. You you, you, you bounce, 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 and then finally it hit, and mm-hmm. it, it's, it's working Just so. mm-hmm. Honestly, being there for four years, I got you know, I got certain
1: professors, places I used to go to, and stuff like that. I, I still go back and uh, see the same people, so mm-hmm. I try to. I know mean, I, I I
2: love it. I love everything about
1: Utah. Mm-hmm. If if you could if you could go back. And, and replay one game from your time at St. John's. Did, do you have one in mind that you're like, man, I really wish I can go back into like that moment and and hope that something something will be different? Or do you not like think like that? lay like how how does that go go for you? If, if you're a human, you're gonna think like. that. Once, <laughs> exactly, I think, exactly. 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 Oh
2: uh, I mean, obviously San Diego State. Mm-hmm. You know, if we could, if I could rewind, I would do something differently. But mm-hmm. honestly, you think like every time I. I didn't play well. Phil had my back, with Dom had my back. I, the game, I'm like, man, I, should, I wish I could have played better with the uh, Georgetown game, CBS, senior year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Phil and Dom carried it the whole day. I didn't do a da- damn thing. Well.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: the fact that I thought it was, doing, oh, senior night.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh huh.
2: Yeah, they did too. Do- you know,
0: I, uh, they did the you know, the Jersey thing and all that. And yes. Mind you, I'm crying. Yeah.
2: For the games, mm-hmm. you know, like, I'm emotional as hell. Like, but I mean, feeling and Dom my back, so I have those memories with them guys forever. So, but uh, and yeah, that's oh, in the Duke game, when
1: yes, was the, when Coach K won the 1000. Yes. Whatever, yes. Mm-hmm. So, Cause you guys were in that game for a while back in that game. You guys we played were with them,
2: good. The yeah. size Jones
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> they got a couple calls in that game, too. You got to admit, they got a couple calls, especially Jaleel down low. Where I was like, I was sitting right there, I was like, I don't know about that one. But you, you guys played with them for a while. We were good. See, people
2: don't even know I was hurt that game, I, like, I was supposed to be out, but I was like, no, nah, I
0: can't miss
1: this. Really? Yeah, wow. I didn't, I didn't play well. <laughs> wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, um, you mentioned, you mentioned Phil. Serdam, Jamal Branch, even Kadeem Jai, even Obekpa a little younger than you guys. Uh, I remember. um, I think it was you actually that tweeted a couple months ago. You guys on the last game at, a, at Karnasek Arena against, I think it was Seton Hall. You guys, all the seniors in that huddle, like jumping up and down at the end of the game. Oh, yeah. You guys you guys were a family, that that recruiting class. You know, especially you, Phil, you know, Dom. Do you guys still, still talk at all? Do you, do you, are you still in contact with those oh, guys at all? I, I Facetime them all the time. Amir, really?
2: everybody.
0: Mirror, I went to
1: go see Mo this summer, Stay with him for a week. We
0: went go stay with Mo for a week. Mm-hmm. I was still in touch with
2: Jakar, Max, Felix. We're all in the Group text. Uh, I talked to Phil probably more. Phil, because Phil was my first roommate when I got the same job. It was me and Phil. So mm-hmm. I me
1: and
2: Phil. Phil probably being my way Like he probably be like part of the type thing. Like okay. I ever, so Phil, me and Phil probably the closest out of the group. But are we still communicate with all the guys for sure. It's coach
1: Lab. Yeah, I was Rodrigo, gonna say. I was gonna say you still yeah, are you still talk to Coach Lab as well.
2: I coach left five Coach Lab twice
1: a week. Wow, that's awesome twice a week that's awesome Look. yeah
2: but the time difference is so crazy out here and I'm, I'm routine so I'm being bed at 9 o'clock so time <laughs> difference but in summertime I communicate with all the guys I mm-hmm.
1: saw uh, mm-hmm.
2: uh, lab not this summer but last summer I went to go stay with
0: him for two weeks so
2: mm-hmm. uh, uh, Rico yeah I just try to you know those, those guys are actually my family I was with these guys every day for four years
0: so.
1: mm-hmm. yeah exactly <laughs> yeah you spend, you spend so much time with those guys they really do become family and it, it felt like that with, with, with your recruiting class it felt like you guys were really a family and say, say, I mean it doesn't really happen that much in college basketball in general anymore where you have like a senior class that's been together for that much you know Yeah for sure. Um, but what was it like Playing Playing for Coach Lavin Though um, You know I I think St. John's fans Maybe since Since his departure ha- Have felt like He maybe got a little bit Of a bad rap here I always like Coach Lavin um, What was it like Playing for Playing under him For so long Coach Lavin Is one of the coaches Where He honestly
2: Will give you a speech mm-hmm. And you'll, you You'll just look at him Like Yo, I'll run through A brick wall for you Like just based off The way he communicates you know? mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the way he is off the court with you, based with the way he is on the court with you, it's just a matter of you're going to do everything he has. You, you know, as a young guy, I didn't really see all of it. No, obviously, my first two years, I was bumpy, you know, with the staff, blah, blah, blah. But mm-hmm. it was just over time to make me a better man mm-hmm. off the court as well. I didn't really see that until my senior year. And uh, but playing for Lab, you know, I would, yeah, I would do it again. You know, <laughs> you know I would do There's a way for me to go play for Coach Lab. I
1: for sure would do it. <laughs> get some el- eligibility left, right, and get another year. <laughs> My um, that team. Hey, look I might be the TVC team with
2: Coach Lavin the coach watched I, I might have some up my
1: career watched really okay okay that'd be awesome I'd love to see that um, what about what about um, uh, Coach Mullen was there any part of you that wish you could have played maybe a year under Coach Mullen I mean he's a, he's a Hall of Famer right not not to discredit Coach Lavin at all but does, does part of you kind of think about what it would have been like to play for Mullen yeah I mean obviously Hall of Famer uh, you know brings the basketball resume you know, ain't you just speaks for itself.
2: Mm-hmm. And uh, first time I actually met Coach Mo, I'm I'm telling him I'm the best. I, mean, I got the this, this record for three pointers. You
0: know, I'm talking crazy. Mm-hmm. I was talking
2: to him, I was shooting whatever.
0: The mm-hmm. man, we
2: we're gonna play a game. And we're gonna, I was like, yeah, whatever game you want to play. And he beat me like I think it was like twenty-two to twelve. I was shooting, but after that.
0: Just the fact that I was like, oh, this is really, really Chris Mullins. not Chris this Chris Mullins." Chris Mullen.
1: By you know? <laughs> yeah.
0: like his legendary status, is, you know, it speaks for itself.
1: Uh-huh. So like, but it just didn't work out that way. Hmm. Um. So, so you are still very involved in the program. I saw you were that you were uh, on campus over the summer. Really, as much as you possibly can be playing uh, overseas. Uh, uh, you know, after your playing career uh, ends, have you given any thoughts to coming back and coaching or coming back and helping out with with St. John's at all? Or is that something you know too far down the road that is, for you? That is
2: something I want to do. I, that is something not. It's not a dream. It's like I'm going to really
0: try to pursue that. I want to be. I want to be a head coach. Mm-hmm. I want to be one of the Assistants that
2: get to work with the team, work with the players, pull, be able to pull guys to the side. Basically, how Coach Rico, Coach Tony Charles, mm-hmm. uh, Coach Derek Martin were for me. Like I feel like I can do that at a high level. But like I have a lot of experience in itself,
1: college experience, I have professional experience. So it just comes to the point. Where it's like, dang, like. I can see myself doing this.
2: But
0: mm-hmm.
1: I really can. Yeah, and you and you mentioned earlier how you know your f- first couple of years at St. John's, maybe you didn't totally see what the what the coaching staff was trying to tell to you, you know, and trying to communicate with you. But now, as you've matured a little bit, you understand, and that really you know helped helped you mature. Is that something that you feel like you can communicate to a, you know a younger kid, an 18 year old kid, or a 19 year old kid who's coming in and doesn't really want to yeah, listen, yeah. you know?
2: I don't want to sound cocky, but I came in uh, as a freshman. I have a 17 point game in the old Big East. So, mm-hmm. any player that comes
0: to the Big East, freshman, sophomore, senior, it's, I'm not going to say you can't tell me nothing, but I've already done what you want to do. Mm-hmm. Like, I've, I've been there, done that. Exactly. So, mm-hmm. that's exactly how Rico and them treated me. Like, there was, like you know, some days you have, you, you have you know, you're, you're a kid, you're young, you have the attitude where, Oh man, I don't need this, man. I'm good. I just had 25 at Nova or whatever. <laughs> nah, nah, let me tell you, let me tell you
2: about how to really work and try to how to get better mm-hmm. with the team, not just myself. thing. I didn't really see that until like I became like a like a junior, honestly. So mm-hmm.
0: just to be able to
2: have be able to have a message, be able to uh, be able to help people, and I would I would love to I would love to be an assistant coach. That, that would be, be my dream, honestly.
1: That would be That'd awesome. Be crazy. That would be yeah, that would be really cool. We we would that would I think it would be really really cool. The fans would love that as well. Um, you were a part of, as we mentioned before, really one of the biggest recruiting classes in, in St. John's history. Um, Mike Anderson in his in his first year, really recruiting his first class. Now, uh, in your mind, what can he do to kind of have that type of success recruiting? Because you guys were really you know from from all over all over um, America and really all, all over the globe, kind of um, under Lavin. What what's one thing that that coach anderson can do to kind of have that type of success
2: uh, what he brings to the table he has he has a resume he's put guys in the mea he's put guys in a position to make some money put guys in a position to, to have a career mm-hmm. and the crazy thing is he recruited me when he was at mizzou oh really <laughs> yeah so yeah I, I actually knew coach anderson beforehand so I was like, "Oh, people might not know him on the East Coast or whatever." But hey, man, you got to I'm not gonna pay the steal, but hey, man, this is a big time coach. I didn't know really New York grasped it how they were supposed to, but I think they're kind of starting to kind of see like he's legit. He's not he's not just you know another coach. He's actually a legendary coach in this college basketball. So
1: mm-hmm, absolutely,
0: put we'll some together. So. Mm-hmm.
1: And I've noticed with him, it seems like him and his staff are just always out there working and working and working. Were they like that when they were recruiting you? Just like always on you, like, you know, you know, making it feel yeah, like a family type thing? When I got recruited uh, by lab, Coach, uh, Coach, you know, they came in late. Mm-hmm. Like they, they got,
0: they signed late. So they, they I think they adopted Dwight Hardy. And so they signed during the summertime. And I was a base, I was, I was about to go to Oklahoma State. I think it was done. Mm-hmm. I thought I had my mind, it was done.
2: But Labs stayed, <laughs> stayed on me,
0: stayed
2: on me, stayed on me, stayed on me, stayed on me. And I mean, as a, as
0: a player, that's what you want. Yeah. Guys. You know? mm-hmm. Like you know, Mike Anderson the same way. He's gonna if he wants you, you're gonna know it. It's not oh, we're just interested. Nah, we think you can
2: help the program. Mm -hmm. So now I like that's my that's basically Mike Anderson's pitch, and you know Coach Lavin's pitch as well. Like hey, we need you to play here, and I'm gonna need you to work, and I know you. I'm gonna put you on a platform where I can make you know put you in position to make.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Kind of cool doing
1: this, so. Exactly, and, and uh you, you know, you talk about that. You know, guy, guys moving on from the program. Um Are, are you in contact with yeah. any of the guys that are on this current team, or maybe maybe on last year's team? You know, like, like Shimori, uh LJ Figueroa, Mustafa, Heron, Justin Simon. Have you talked to any of those guys at, at all or not? Yeah, I have actually
2: played Mar.
1: Appreciate. Oh yeah, I forgot right. he's here.
2: Uh-huh. Yeah, I played Uh I talked to Justin here and there. LJ, he knows it all. He can call me whenever I stop. I talked to him probably like a few weeks ago. Just mm-hmm. on Instagram. I'm like checking in. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they, the guys you know. I told Ian, uh, Dave, uh, all the young guys, hey, man, y'all got my number. If Y'all need anything around the school, around the city. Let me know. Mm-hmm.
0: I can help, you know. Even,
2: it's weird saying it because I gotta go by NBA rules and stuff now. But, like, <laughs> but no, anything I can do to help uh, make their life easier,
1: with certain things, I'm for sure. Uh, and did you, are you are you giving them advice at all? Especially like Marvin, who's kind of in the same situation that you are. You know, just out of college. Uh, um, you know, played four years in college and now playing overseas. Do you give them any type of advice? Advice and uh, and what is that? I uh, I basically told
2: Marvin, hey man, you got your first year you want to you want to have a chance to, to to show how you play even though you, college like college i'm not gonna say uh, i can't really explain it doesn't hold you back mm-hmm. but you get to showcase certain things when you become a professional if you mm-hmm. if you think you're a different player if you think you're uh more of a shooter that you couldn't do it, cause, you know you, you get to expand
0: a little more mm-hmm. yeah it's I, a different, mm-hmm. Preseason, mm-hmm. He hit, I think he's He's a. My mom a he's one of he's a catch and shoot shooter. Like right? I
2: was like, yo, you're perfect for overseas. I don't know if this is what you want. This is your goal. Mm-hmm. But you're a perfect player to people like how the move and how the uh, European market works.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like so, mm-hmm.
2: I had a long conversation with him before the game, after the game,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and I communicate with him probably once a week.
1: That's awesome. And, and then one final thing um, before I let you go. What about like Shimori Pons, you know, someone who, in my opinion, and this is just me, but you know, he, he kind of took the mantle over from you as kind of the face of the program. You know, you left and there was that, that one year and then Shimori came here and he kind of became the face, like, like you were basically, uh, in your four years here. So, so what's like the advice that you would give to him or have given to him about, you know, kind of moving on now after being literally the face of, of a program and, you know, now, now being in the G league and, and playing professionally.
2: Yeah, he he has a great opportunity with Houston. They took a chance on him and mm-hmm. I think he deserves it.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh I think that he'll be able to showcase what he really brings to the table outside of you know where everybody already knows, and uh, the Rockets are a great organization.
0: They, mm-hmm. they picked up a really good player. Mm-hmm. But I told them, "Hey man, if you ever need anything in the city, you know this—that's my, this my city, like
1: <laughs> Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, man. Well, well, I really want to thank you. You know, with the, with the time difference and everything, being able to schedule this, I, I really really appreciate you doing this, D'Angelo. And you know, you're like I said, you're a St. John's legend. Fans love you. They're gonna love hearing you talk uh, talk about this the program a little bit as well. So I really really appreciate it, man.
2: Uh, for sure, anything I can do, man. Call me
1: if you ever need anything else. <laughs> Absolutely, dude. I'll, I'll definitely hit you up. Maybe, we'll, maybe we'll do something else uh, in in a couple months. We'll, we'll we'll do another interview if you if you're uh, interested. But good good luck this year, man. In uh, over in France, I know you're gonna kill it. Thank
0: you. Thank you so
1: much. All right. All right. Have a good one, man. All right, brother. All right. Talk to you soon. All right. Again, major, major thank you to D'Angelo for coming on and doing that i hope you guys all enjoyed that interview uh d'angelo is I, I didn't tell him this i forgot to tell him this but he was when i started this show about a year ago he was one of the guys that i really really wanted to get on and um it had just been a little bit tough to get in contact because of of the time difference and the overseas and everything but i'm really really happy that we did finally get in contact and do that interview because that's an interview that i really wanted to do uh d'angelo played when i was in school at st john's so you know i, I he's like my, was my, fir- my first one uh, Big, you know, favorite players at St. John's. I got to interview a little bit, interview him a few times uh, in college, and it's really cool to reconnect with him. And uh, it doesn't seem like he's lost any of that charm or any of that personality that uh, that he had when he played at St. John's. And I really, really appreciate him doing that. So thank you again to D'Angelo. Maybe we'll have him on again uh, at some point in the next couple of months as a, you know, a little recap of his season or maybe help break down some of the St. John's things. And maybe down the road, D'Angelo will be back as an assistant coach uh, at St. John's. I think that would be a perfect role for him as well and would be really, really cool to say so. So maybe down the road, we'll see. But um yeah, just some housekeeping now. Like I said, at the at the top of the show, we will probably put out an episode every couple of weeks now. Um, I'm going to be doing my annual season preview. Remember, I did that with um, Zach Braziller last year. So that's probably in the works. We'll probably be doing that. Uh, sometime like mid-October and then really the season starts I'll probably be doing a show for St. John's Media Day and for Big East Media Day uh, just reacting to some of the stuff said there Uh, I can probably pull some quotes in for that as well so we'll do that as almost like a recap of those two days that was actually our first episode last year it was a a St. John's Media Day recap so we'll probably be doing that again Um, just be on the lookout for those and then come November we'll be doing our our weekly episodes again breaking down games Um, as always, if you're interested in coming down coming on and breaking down games or just talking about games in general, don't be afraid. You can hit me up on Twitter at Troy Moriello, T-R-O-Y-M-A-U. R-I-E-L-L-O, or I guess if you found this podcast, you probably know me on Twitter. So, yeah, just don't be afraid. You don't have to be an analyst. You don't have to be a journalist. You don't have to be a reporter. You don't have to be anything like that. If you're interested, uh, hit me up, DM me on Twitter, and we can definitely add you to the rotation of guys that we have right now coming on, guys and girls coming on and uh, and breaking down games. But, yeah, so that's just the next couple of weeks for this podcast. Like I said, hope everyone enjoyed their summer, and uh, we are back now in the, in the swing of things. With the Seeing Red podcast season number two, hopefully it's a good one. Hopefully it's a little bit better than season number one, uh, where where I think the podcast was a little bit better than the the way the team played on the court. Not to toot my own horn, but uh, we'll see how how uh, how this team looks. I'm excited. I'm very excited for the Red Storm and for Mike Anderson. Um, In his first season, I think that we're going to surprise some people. I think that St. John's is probably going to be picked either last or near last in the Big East, uh, ninth or 10th in the Big East in the preseason polls. But I think that they're going to surprise some people, and I don't think that I'm alone in that thought. I think that the Red Storm have enough talent. And we'll see. You know, it, it's going to come down to guys like Josh Roberts and Greg Williams stepping up, and uh, we will see. But yeah, it's good to be back. It feels really good to uh, to do a show again for the first time in three months, and we'll look forward to, to season number two. But that wraps up our show for the day. Let's go, Johnny's.